Hello, Janksters, and welcome to another edition of the Magic Jank Podcast, the weekly show where members of Team Magic Jank get together and discuss the latest happenings in Magic the Gathering. I'm Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we we are joined this week by uh, Carlos, C. Favreda Jr. How you doing, man? Hello, 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 everybody. And then we also have Damien F16 in the house. Damien, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. How are yes. you? I love the enthusiasm. I'm doing great, too. Uh, here in America, we just had Thanksgiving, so I, uh, I'm i still a little stuffed. It's been, well, more than 24 hours since uh, diving into that, and yeah, it was great. Jealous. What can I say? I'm all right. I'm jealous. It, it, was, it was a no-belt kind of night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you had to loosen it a couple notches. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got to let it... Mm-hmm. Got to make space, you know? So. Absolutely, of course. But, yeah. uh, you know, I know my American friends have turkey jealousy in uh, September when us Canadians are celebrating our Thanksgiving. It's now true. I've got the turkey. Mm-hmm. I've got the turkey envy. Okay, I miss. I love turkey. I want to. So I hope you it's guys pretty have great. A great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and I still have plenty of leftovers. I can't. Mm, mm, it's a great time. Anyway, fun. All right. Jealous. So yeah, everybody out there, enjoy the turkey. Enjoy it because it. it yeah. yeah. It's going to be out of season here way too soon. So let's just enjoy it while we can. Well, Christmas is coming. I don't know. I, I mean, there are families who do the turkey thing on yeah Christmas. You can do the turkey thing. You can do the ham thing. Christmas is a little more when it when it comes to the food. It's kind of a little more dealer's choice, you know. Whereas with Thanksgiving, it's very like traditional. Well, why is that? Why I don't is know. Turkey, a fourth quarter bird. It's only in the fourth quarter of the year that we eat turkey. Why? Why is it always yeah. at the end of the year? I want to have turkey on my birthday in February. Why not? I can't. Nope. Can't buy it anywhere. Like it's just. <laughs> I know. Hey. What's up with that? Yeah. Crazy. There may it's be a shame, more really. things to talk about, but I think this I, turkey issue. Needs but, to I, you know what? I, I, hey, there are a lot of traditional like holiday seasonings and flavors that you just can't get outside of that. Like I enjoy peppermint in all my hot beverages, even in the summer. I don't care. Okay, guys. Like anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in any event, but so yes. Don't worry, there will be plenty more tangents much like that, but most of them will involve magic, I promise. So before we dive into the meat of the episode, I do want to give a huge shout-out to MagicJank.com, the namesake of the show, Uh, the online marketplace where you can buy and sell uh, Magic the Gathering products and gear. There are also some awesome deals going on right now for the holiday season, MagicJank.com. Also, right now, you can actually get uh, Quiver products at up to 15% off over on Mm MagicJank.com. So not a big deal, just saying, if you want to roll up to your LGS in style, MagicJank.com. We've got you. Check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, we definitely appreciate yeah. it. And again, MagicJank, thank you so much. Yeah, all Quiver right. Gear is nice, too. Oh. Uh, we all got samples of that stuff, and they were very, very sweet items, like, you know, the oh, format yeah. holders and the card cases. I gave a couple away. I know my, my channel was super stoked to get them, and they've said oh, yeah. about it, so. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, if you're transporting Magic decks for any reason, even not just Magic, like, if you're doing anything with card games, if you've got, I don't know, One Piece, Yu-Gi-Oh!, whatever, if you're moving you know, cards from place to place. It, it is high-quality luggage designed for card game decks It's and accessories. It's, yeah, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So here we are. Lost Caverns of Ixalan has been out for a couple weeks now, and we've had an opportunity to kind of tinker with things. And today, um, I know we touched on this a little bit last week, but I want to kind of dive in a little bit deeper this week as well on not only kind of how the different formats have kind of coalesced around it, because people are getting... I feel like the power level on this set is high enough that people are really trying, you know, they're really experimenting with it. Uh, I know we've seen formats in the past or, like, certain sets come and go, and they're just like, well, this one card's neat, I guess, and the rest just kind of gets discarded. That doesn't seem to be the case here. And so I definitely want to discuss that. But then we also have... um, I know we have a sealed open coming up, or maybe it has passed by the time you're listening to this, depending on when you uh, when you downloaded it. Um, 
And so that's a whole thing too. So the limited environment is another one that I know um, I've played a number of uh, draft games with this set uh, because I don't know, it was a, it's a good way to bolster the collection on arena and it is just an interesting format. And I wanted to dive into that too. So actually, you know what? Let's get started on that one. So when it comes to lost caverns of Ixalan limited, I I'm curious, uh, how much time have you guys been spending in that and kind of, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? So, Damien, if you wouldn't mind kind of kicking us off, what are your, when it comes to LCI Limited, what is, what's been, been your experience so, so far? It's been a very interesting ride so far, to be honest. Uh, the set has thrown a lot of people for a loop, and this is all the big content creators, all the limited, you know, aficionados who post most of the content and who stream and have podcasts and everything. They've been suffering. A lot of them have had lower than uh, typical win rates. A lot of them are like, I don't know what's going on in this format. Uh, best of one's a gong show, and I'm just going to play best <laughs> of three. It's more stable or more, I don't know, you have more agency because the, the sideboard is sort of sideboarding and stuff. Anyway, so I've been playing a ton. I don't know how much you guys have played, but I've been playing a bunch this week to get ready for the Open. I'm going to try and take a shot at the Open, even though my results have been the same. The early access, you know, felt good. I had a couple seven win decks, and, you know, okay, I'm kind of getting this. And then last week, I was drafting throughout the week, had pretty rough records, like just all over the place. Like, you know, one, three, two, three, six, three, five, three, zero, three, zero, three. <laughs> you know, like, like, and I can't tell, like, when I look at the bad decks, the ones that go zero, three, quote unquote, bad, I can't exactly pinpoint where they're going wrong. I feel like I'm doing the thing that this archetype is supposed to be doing. Like I'm trying to, and some of the decks are good if you get all the pieces, like whether it's blue, black, descend, or the, right now the consensus in the format is the Jeskai colors are the best. White and blue or one of those is the best, or a red is one of the best colors. And, and the funny thing is nobody is on the same page. You ask one content creator, they say white's the best. You ask another one, they say, no, red is the actual best. You ask another one, they say blue is the best. So the, the only thing everybody agrees on is that black and green are not as good as the other three. But, you know, and this is early, and I've had a lot of people come into my channel and go, but the 17 lands data says this, and the 17 lands data says like, red, black's the worst, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, stop. Don't tell me anything about the 17 lands data for the first week of the format. It's a waste of time to even look at it. You are, you know, misleading yourself, all this stuff. Anyway, so when you ask what does the format look like, it's hard to tell. First, we have no data, or the data isn't great yet, especially mm -hmm. because the people who contribute that data are these entrenched players who are literally going on Twitter and going, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on here. You know, like this, right. so the data is meaningless, but it's really interesting. Again, the format is good. I like it. I think the limited format is fun. I think there's a bunch of stuff going on. I don't know if all the colors are, yeah, quite as good. I, I just feel like the white commons are so pushed. Every set, every limited set feels like this. But the best part about this format, <clears throat> red black is the worst color combination. It's been a minute. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what people are saying. But right. yeah, it's been a while. It's usually the best color combination. So that's been my experience. I don't know how you guys feel. Fabretto, what do you think about this? Yeah, yo, do you remember the days of like corset draft where all we needed to worry about taking was lightning bolt and doom blade? Mm -hmm. And yeah. instantly we had the best draft deck at the table. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how sets used to have a print run. Like if you saw a doom blade in a pack. You oh, probably God, weren't right. going to see X amount of like lightning bolts and stuff. Um, <laughs> right. I remember that limited, um, but <laughs> I I've had mixed results, and it's curious that most people are saying like the Jeskai colors are the same or, or, or are the best. When I think just from you know consuming the content like just in general, 
Um, I think I've heard that blue might be the worst color, according to most people. Really? Um, I don't know that I agree, because I love the blue cards in the set. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a fan of like the blue white artifact strategy, even though oh, yeah. folks say it's not the best uh, or it's not it's not really that good. Um, I agree with you about red black finally being kind of poop because um, we like you said, we haven't had that in quite a while. I also um, I, I'm somebody that forces dinos. You already know this. So I think red green is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, oh, yeah. Especially if you can get lots of uh, it's Quinnets, you can get the Watley oh, yeah. Strike oh. card mm-hmm. is great. Well, it's fantastic. Um, can I interject my one jam? second about, about that Dino deck? What I yeah. love, and I just discovered this recently in like the last day or two. You can draft it two different ways. I always figured, okay, I want the Tree Frogs. I want the you know if I get that uncommon one mana mana dork, okay, mm-hmm. great. I'm gonna be ramping into these six drops and these seven drops. Yep, yep. But there's a totally different Dinos deck that exists that I just recently realized was a thing, which is all the twos and three drops and just the three mana three three that the armored something that ETBs and gains three life. Just a bunch of those. Oh yeah. And the, the two mana two two red creature that gets one plus one when you have a Dino and it attacks and blocks. I just oh, got right. steamrolled by that today, and I was like, what? <laughs> It was yeah, like a low curve dino deck. version, and then there's yeah. that that go wide version where, yeah. like, hey, my game plan is survive until I can cast my multiple six mm-hmm. drops and multiple seven drops, and then you mm-hmm. go from there. Um, and and whether or not that involves playing multiple of the the cyclers, I really like the the mm. dinosaur um, yeah. cycling cards in in the set. Um, they yeah. they fix your mana, or they make you get you know, consistent land drops. Um, and if you can cast the seven drop uh, Bessie, that gets you a five, five and a three, three token. Like yeah. that card's great. Um, oh, yeah. So, so I've been having a blast doing that. Um, I would say that my favorite thing to do is sort of play the explore decks. I think they are most interactive, um, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, having your blue green combination, playing some of the Merfolk, the two, two, for three mana flyer is a top pick yes. for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, common. yeah, the the common card. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. that's that's what I've been enjoying playing with. Um, nice. So I would yeah. I, I would rate that pretty high. Also, there's like a really good blue red deck archetype in here. You know, when a braid oh, yeah. at common now hits like eighty five percent of cards uh, in the draft format. You know, pack one, yeah. pick one in and a braid isn't isn't out of well, the realm of possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the data says? The data says the best red common is not a braid, apparently. Really? Really? The best common, according to 17 lands, as of like yesterday, is Itali's favor. The three mana, three uh, uh, aura. And I'm like, what? Over a braid? I love no. that card, but there ain't I'll... no way. I mean, yeah, like, it's, like, it's neat, but like th- this is a jumped up plus one, plus one counter. Like, yeah, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. There's no well, way. Well, there's some I mean, the discovers are real. Do like I know the discovers real, yeah. but like if you, if you get a bunch of them, they chain, right? Like you can oh, chain they sure do. stuff, which is pretty yeah. gross. But yeah, come on, a braid, like like Ferretto just said, it hits not only all the early stuff. Like that that effect is always good. But you know, hitting the big artifacts. But this also is so interesting about this format that you know I've heard some content creators. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was LSB or somebody on limited resources was saying, um, the removal is good, but. The good removal in this set is bad. 
And it was like, what? And I was, mm. and then like, you know, explained it. And it basically means like the removal is costed appropriately and it's what we would expect. It's, it's what we consider good removal, but because of the format and every creature is one mana or ETBs and makes a card for like two mana or one mana or three mana, your, your abrades are trading with one drops. So the abrade is like, it's still good or your other removal, like it, it's, it's, it's bad. It's almost trading down mana. And, and it was like Kamigawa. Anyway, Thredo, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to say? You're, yes, I understand that point. But uh, your one drops that a braid's killing are the Birds of Paradise card that's allowing mm -hmm. you to cast a really big 6 6 dino on turn two that you can't then deal with, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or it's killing something um, like your pirate, your siren that explores. It becomes a 2 2 flyer, basically, yeah. on turn two. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I want to kill those cards. So, yeah, it hits, it hits those one drops and those two drops. But. They're relevant for your opponent to go wide with whatever the strategy is. Right, right. That's true. I just feel like like those one drops, like that blue uncommon one drop flyer that makes a map, like you're almost trading down on that. Like the abraded, right. like they got two cards out of it. You mm -hmm. know what it reminds me of? Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. It was the mm -hmm. same idea there where every card had so much built-in value and, and add to the fact that cards had ninjutsu, it just meant removal was bad almost. Like spot removal, sweepers yep. are different, but one-to-one -one removal is not great when every creature they play makes another card or has an ETB effect or gets value or just costs one mana. Like, right. you know, mm -hmm. you, you it's, it's, it's kind of... So it's weird that, mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's good removal in the set, it's costed appropriately, but playing a deck with a bunch of removal, which, like you said, back in the day, like, you know, when we used to draft back core sets and stuff, that was good enough. You'd beat them with a ham sandwich. Wind Drakes, sure, a yep. random, like, 3-3 three, three on the ground, oh, whatever. Yeah. As long as I have enough removal, I'm just going to kill all your stuff, you're going to run out of action, and that's it. You can't do that in this set, and I think this is. Been a, it's not every set that we see this, but this one, and like I think Kamigawa Neon Dynasty was the the last one that was this close to being like the removal's bad, which is yeah. crazy to say, but it's like you know. So you need it. What you said for Red is absolutely true. You need to still play removal. It just that I would rather have a, a productive two draw. I'd rather have that Merfolk, you know, Windrake Explorers. I don't know the names of any of the cards. Right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all good. No worries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so we'll see. The format's sweet. I think I think green red dinos is, is good. I've drafted the blue white artifact deck. I've drafted the most. That that deck is awesome. I love the grind. There's so many little like the tote, the the three mana artifact that makes two one ones. Oh my and goodness, that card's great. An oh, artifact great. that you can sacrifice three pieces of paper for for three mana. That's crazy. You can't just trade cleanly with that. Mm -hmm. You know, even if the one ones just chump, they're buying time, and it's ugh. It's ridiculous, mm -hmm. like a tempo play like that, right? So Yeah, you know, the that card, the Tinkerer's Tote. I've really yeah. been enjoying playing with the uh I think it's the Dowsing The Red Dagger. Yeah. Yep. It's the red artifact that costs like one and a red. And this is when an artifact ETBs, you give a creature plus one plus oh in haste. Target creature plus mm -hmm. one plus oh in haste mm -hmm. until on the turn. Um mm -hmm. and then it flips into the land that gives something plus X plus O and haste. Yeah. Um, those yeah, cards gross. have been fantastic um, yep. to play with together, um, and it lets you put more threats on the board late game. Um, and mm -hmm. I can tell you in the streamer event or early access, really didn't value that card very high. Um, it didn't seem good, um, you know. But but those cards and the other one, it's called uh, Sahili's Lattice, um, has right. been another card that's really impressed me. That's in red. Right, it's this artifact. You discard a card, draw two cards, and then you can craft it, uh, and it crafts with a dino, 
and so it makes you a creature after the fact. Um, Turns like these I these cards have I, been great. Yeah, I, I like that one's okay. I guess I haven't drafted dinos enough, maybe, but I always felt like the four toughness was a bit annoying. It should be star star on this card, then it would be respectable, yeah. but. You know, mm -hmm. my favorite are the, uh, like, so the craft mechanic. You know, a couple weeks ago, I shat all over this mechanic. I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of it. Sure. It's just the, from a design point of view. From a design point of view, mm -hmm. I can't stand it. It's terrible. <laughs> but in, in play, I mean, it's so, like, every craft card is good. It's just like the adventure cards. It's mm -hmm. like, it's so hard for them to be bad because it's it's like a two-card-in-one combo. Mm -hmm. And I think I've loved the Iceberg has been awesome for me. I've loved all the white flip cards from the, even the one-mana artifact that ETBs and Scries to, and then you can craft for three into a one-four flyer oh, yeah. that attacks and gives another creature flying. Um at first, when I read the front, I'm like, this is still way too low impact. Like, this can't be, like, unless you're crazy about artifacts and you want every single artifact. No, I'm just happily playing those. And I can't tell you how many games that random three, four, or sorry, three mana, one, four flyer has sent another creature to the air and I just killed him. Like, oh, yeah. The blue, mm -hmm. white flyers deck is very good. White, red is very good. Blue, red, I haven't experimented a ton with, but uh, I've, I've been steamrolled by some blue, red decks that are good. So, yeah, a huh. lot of good archetypes. Um, but again, yeah. everybody is like, Nobody can seem to agree on how they should be built exactly, or or even in the drafts. Like it's so hard to get into one of these lanes. I feel like I keep getting like derailed, and it's yeah, it's been really weird. That that's been my experience too. At the end of the day, trying to identify what seat I'm actually in seems to take a long time. But beyond that, um, yeah, I, I found that my my experience with these uh, archetypes has been a little challenging too. Um, I've had a couple of decks that looked like they should be good. Because I've drafted, you know, eight or nine times at this point, which for me is a lot. I understand for, you know, regular, for some, like, heavy draft players, that's just one evening. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, so I played this one more than I play most. And it has, uh, it's been interesting. The one deck that I know I'm just confused by was, there was one table where I was clearly the only player going for caves. I decided, you know what, this cave oh, deck yeah. is out there. There are a lot of payoffs. They clearly want you to be able to do it. And there How was did that work out for you? There was it was it was a situation where I got like the bat cavern or whatever, like pick two or something, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this. I ended up getting two of the two oh. of the bat caves. I got the giant leech, I got the cave that fixes mana, and I got um I ended up with a total of eleven caves in the deck. Oh. Decent. Like that's impressive. And I oh and I got two of the molten collapses too, the the gate the caves ablaze. I got two of those. Mm. Like I honestly, oh, as far red, as like the red sweeper, the red sweeper, the I got two of them. Oh, mm -hmm. that's the key piece. Exactly. Wow, that's so how did it play? Two and three, I got my butt handed to me. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> what, what happened? Did I you, think you need about two more caves in your deck. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> so th that was one of those things where like I got all the right pieces, it all came together, and the deck just couldn't hang. It just didn't hold yeah. up. Because the reality is, decks like the green, you know, the green red dino deck, or, you know, even the artifact deck, they're doing something relatively straightforward. This, right, I'm gonna right. put creatures online, or in the case of the artifact deck, I'm gonna get recurring value and ultimately craft into a large finisher, and I'm gonna just beat you to death with this big creature. Like, that's where they end. With the caves deck, it's like, okay, I'm going to hopefully be able to spend three mana and probably take some damage in the process because I'm fixing my colors yep. to rock out one enchantment that gives me three bats. You're going to be able to pick yeah. them off or have reach blockers because that's just always how it goes. And I'm trying to hit multiple land drops to put counters on my thing. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, I found myself kind of going, okay, but how's this deck trying to win? And it's like, oh, yeah. 
I don't like I know how to stall. I can stall a game like a champ, but uh, like actually winning it, it just didn't have any stopping power. And it's just I, like, yeah, it was rough. I think I think I tried drafting a Gates or Gates. Oh, it's pretty it feels yeah. similar, yeah, right? It yeah. is, I, I've tried drafting this caves deck um, mm -hmm. before. It's not been great because like every time I've tried or wanted to cast the bat uh, enchantment, I just don't have enough cake gave uh, yeah. play that matter you have um, one maybe two if you're yeah, and right. it's like you really want to hit all three right like yeah right exactly yeah. that so i i'm not sure if maybe it's just not strong enough to try it but considering the aggressive strategies that are in this draft format i think mm -hmm. the cave strategy is a little too slow yeah. um mm -hmm. as much as we'd want it to to work um I yeah i tell you though i really do love the discover lands I think they are fantastic. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to get flooded late game, but have one of those lands to cast a spell is a great limited experience. It, it is uh, shockingly yeah. valuable. Yeah. And it, it comes up way more than you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I was cool. I, I, I was high on the caves when I saw them spoiled, and I thought they were mm -hmm. going to be great. And then I played the format, and I found, even in early access, there are so many mana sinks in this format. You have so many ways to put your mana into stuff, whether it's activated abilities or craft or, like, adventure and mm -hmm. map tokens and blah, blah, blah. And not adventure, uh, map tokens and explore and all this. That, that the caves... I was taking them highly, and then I was like... I, I'm not, if you're not in the caves deck, I'm just going to use my last few picks every pack to pick up those caves. I think I still see, I, I like them as well. I'm not saying they're bad, but I think I see people using very early picks on caves when they shouldn't be. And like, if you wheel a cave in your color, great, you play yeah. the cave, but, but I don't know. But yeah, it's interesting. The, the cave, discover caves are great, mm -hmm. but the caves deck. I mean, the only I only went into it once and it was because the, 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 the red wrath wheeled and there was two going around and i thought the first one wheeled i'm gonna take this the second one's gonna wheel that is the key piece you've got to leverage mm -hmm. that wrath oh, yeah. and then um you know my my deck also crashed and burned though i had two of those and yeah i only had eight caves though i had a way less caves okay. than, than you 11 caves because that I was 11. my issue i couldn't i couldn't make it a wrath for six you know i couldn't make right. it a wrath for like a lot and it would cost me so the caves deck i think you have to be the only person at the table in the caves deck and the way to tell if it's you if it could be you is to see one of those uncommons get opened or or come by you early, like pack two or th uh, pick two or three, and then knowing that you know pick ten or eleven. If this first one comes back, those other ones are going to wheel, and I'm going to get a bunch of caves. But even then, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what happened in pack one to me, and then pack three, no caves. Somebody else decided Ooh. in pack three, I guess they wanted to go cave. I saw none, and I was short caves. And yep. Yeah, it was like oh god. Yeah. I, I tell you, that has happened to me way more than I would like it to. Um, when yeah. trying to draft dinos, mm -hmm. I feel like in this set more than any other, people are switching what their game plan is yes. uh, mid-draft. Like, it's nobody's business. You'll get a yep. whole pack that green's open. Great. I'm the green drafter. And then pack two, absolutely nothing. But then also absolutely nothing on pack three. So like, what's, <laughs> what's going ways, on what exactly? Yeah. <laughs> and this is the experience I keep hearing over and over. This is exactly the same thing mm -hmm. I was literally just saying today. And I don't know what that is. Is there more, mm -hmm. like, I almost want to say, is there something about this set 
that attracts newer players, like players who normally wouldn't draft or play limited? Is that what it is? Is it the dinosaurs? Like, what? what is it? I, but that sounds so weird. That, can't that might be, be part of it. Might, I mean, Ixalan I was historically a set that was... Be. The, the plane was beloved, even though the set itself was... Yeah. you know kind yeah, of lackluster so yeah, yeah yeah so i think a lot of there's this aesthetic of oh maybe they got it right this time let's go and, and for yeah. the most part i think they did the other thing about this particular format that i think is throwing a lot of things out the window i think a ton of traditional like draft heuristics or kind of conventional wisdom do not apply to this set at all so you're saying about people picking caves early i remember an early piece of advice i was given by a number of people was prioritize the lands prioritize your mana fixing because you can you know the more yeah. lands you pick up the more mm -hmm. picks are going to end up in your final deck and as a result the better it's going to be yep. that is assuming that you're picking up cards like evolving wilds or temple of the dragon queen or like the or dual lands you know yeah, if that's I, what you're picking up then you're fixing your mana and that is yeah. helpful and that is valuable to help cast your spells well, these caves are tap lands that tap for one color. You're not fixing squat when you're yeah, picking these early. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, I, tell you, I tell you, though, yeah. the the cave, um, maybe it's Prosper, Prosper is something, um, mm -hmm. that is a better evolving wilds. Um, that taps for a colorless when it ETBs, or you could pay a colorless tap and search for a basic and put yeah. it into play. That cave is fantastic. Give me yeah. that card instead of Evolving Walls in every set, please. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that one too. Promising Vein. Yeah, Promising, Promising Vein. Vein. Yep. And mm -hmm. being, um, being an actual cave is huge. Like, yeah, make the Evolving Wilds the card that goes in every deck also be a relevant type for whatever reason yep. yeah. it's a set that cares about that that's perfect yeah no totally agree that that's mm -hmm. that's the only one i play the most of and whatever color i happen to be in i might put one or two but right but again there's other there's times when you don't want to do it like white red aggro you shouldn't be playing caves like i don't i don't pick caves mm -hmm. like maybe one maybe one gets in or something but if it's certain decks that don't want them but yeah, if it's picked if it's pick 12 and and one of the caves in your color comes up yeah, all right grab, sure might as well might as well grab right. one you just to have it just in case it's kind of an emergency release valve if something goes sideways yeah exactly so but. the consensus uh, i think from everybody and everybody i've talked to on this format to wrap it up here is they uh, nobody everybody's like kind of has an idea of what they want to do and what commons and stuff are good but in the drafts themselves it feels like a lot of people are struggling to like have these decks come together perfectly mm -hmm. because of whatever reason they get derailed or somebody decides to move in like it's almost like maybe there's too much bleed between the different archetypes so people are going like you know tinkerer's tote oh i can play that in white red and i can play in white blue and i can play it in white green like i saw mm -hmm. somebody playing a bunch in white green and i'm playing the white blue artifacts and i'm I'm angrily, you know, saying to my chat, God, this guy took all, or girl took all the the the, the Tinkerer's Toads. That was for me, I'm the artifact deck. What are you doing, Green White? But no, it's just good in his deck because, or, or her deck, they or went wide deck. and yeah, they, yeah. They, had a, they had a pump and that was it. And it was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they're just, there's too much bleed. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Cause I, I don't know about you guys, but I've had plenty of situations where going into pack three, I'm like, okay, I don't exactly know what colors I'm in, but I know I'm in the Descend deck, or I know I'm in the Artifact deck. It's like, I don't know, I can pivot all over the place. It's like, so if I'm in the Descend right. deck, it's like, all right, I'm probably going to have black in here, but like, is it black blue? Is it black red? Am I, yeah. I don't know, black green? Like, I don't know, things can get weird. And yeah. it, it's it's easy to do these pivots, and as a result, you're finding it where draft signals are getting wonky, and it's yeah. really tough to read. Yeah, this is, a, this is a weird one. The other yeah. thing about this set, just looking at it, I feel like of recent limited sets, there's been this checklist 
that Wizards has been going down. You know, it's like, okay, we need the gigantic green thing that gains life. We need the two mana removal, the th the cancel with sets mechanic. You know, we need all of all these, right. you know, the these boxes checked. And as, they've been great limited sets. So like, okay, the system clearly works. Even if we can kind of see the code a little bit. I feel like this set went a little off the rails and does not follow those guidelines as closely as sets we've seen recently. Mm -hmm. Are you guys, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I think that this limited set, in my opinion, is way stronger than, like, Wilds of Eldraine was. Um, even though you had silly bonus sheet cards uh, on the last yeah. one, um, this one seems stronger on power level. The common and yeah. uncommons are much more powerful in this set than, quite frankly, the last three or four limited sets. Even March of the Machines. March of the Machines was grossly overpowered. I think these cards, the way that they play, the way that you need to draft them to to construct particular archetypes, way stronger than it is in the last couple sets. Um, and I like that for a limited experience. Um, right. It, Of course, there are bombs in this set, but it feels less bomby to mm -hmm. me um, than Wilds was, um, which I'm glad to return to. Um, so yeah. I'll be excited to see, you know, these future sets that they come out with, with the, the new booster packs and how that changes it all up. Uh, you know, <laughs> who knows? We are, we, we've already speculated on this and mm -hmm. headology and I, and you ham have yep. spoken our piece, uh, <laughs> which is a great episode, know. by the way, check it out. Oh, yeah. Haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but so. yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, yeah. They're very, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was oh. going to say, I, I just, I think a big part of that is because the, 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 the rares being not so good, I, I think it's almost because the, the, the middling part of the, like the not rares, the uncommons, the commons, the mechanics are so good. Like there's so much card advantage. Wilds of Eldraine had adventure and that's it. Like the other mechanics weren't straight up card advantage. This has discover, which is straight up card advantage. Maps, which is straight up card advantage. A bunch of a craft, which is like two cards in one. Like you, you know, every mechanic in the set is card advantage. So yeah, the big bombs are less swingy because everybody's doing such a grindy. Like you never run out of gas. You always have places to put your mana. There's a million things to 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 do every turn. So so many game actions are happening. There's no board stalls where you're just sitting there doing nothing. Everybody like okay, next turn if they draw land, they're gonna turn that two mana artifact into a six six or a you know a seven seven. You're just like oh my god. Yeah, it's like a chain of just things you have to deal with. It never ends. And so the big rare bombs tend to swing the format less, maybe. I, I don't know. But I absolutely agree yeah. with what Vibretto was saying as well. But Sorry 100%. No, no. You're, yeah, I completely and totally agree. I feel like the lower rarity cards are grinding well enough and working well enough together that for a rare or a mythic to step in and really change the game, it has to be amazing. And when you look right. at a lot of the mythics in this set, like a lot of the gods, for example... You know, they seem to have these synergies that were clearly designed with constructed in mind. And so as a result, they're really just kind of like decently efficient or bodies. Commanders. In yeah, like, or commander, like exactly. Me, right? 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, like you know, or, like O'Hare Talk, the white one. It's like, okay, do you want a 6 6 vigilant for six? It's like, that's not bad, but the rest of the text on that card is not likely to come up. <laughs> you know, it just right. it just isn't. I think I think the two like strongest gods mm -hmm. that exist in, in the limited format. Um, is the green one because it is a big power toughness. Mm -hmm. It has trample. It gets you more creatures off the top of your deck onto the battlefield. Card's great. Um, and and the second one, even though you would want to think Bat God, but I think a lot of the black cards in the set are bad. 
Um, Actually, I was going to say Bad God, I, and I have a thought on that. I but think anyway. it's Bad God number one. Yeah. <laughs> you do? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I, I drafted it once. Me, yeah. Number two for me is the Blue God. Ooh, um, okay. Just oh, the ability okay. to give your removal spells rebound is great. Yeah, it's um, very powerful. But that, that's from my perspective. Uh, again, only my opinion, but I, I particularly think that Black is bad in this set. Um, oh, it, it is. In general, it yeah. It doesn't really pair well with most other colors i think maybe that's yeah. for mm -hmm. me what leaves the back god behind totally fair. um but yeah no that's oh, man but yeah. you're right I, the back god is so busted though like you're right i totally agree that black is probably the worst color maybe maybe second worst worst i think it is the worst actually behind green mm -hmm. but this guy is ridiculous in limited he attacks you just they draw cards and they make bodies and you're like and then he, he just comes back so quickly especially mm -hmm. in the late game because you have one card in your hand you're like i do i have to keep sand i hopefully i draw another land so i can sandbag two cards here yep but this thing's coming back and it's like oh my god yeah. i hate to come back i drafted this thing once and it, it was a black white deck and i managed to pick this up in like pack two pick one obviously it's, it's not going to pick two ever and um no. yeah i i was already in black white this showed up in the second pack it's like well that's convenient. Yeah. And yeah, and I think I that deck I think I got five wins with. And sure and like four nice. of them was one hundred percent because this guy hit the field. Like one hundred percent. There was no skill involved. It just showed up because the opponent would two for one themselves, do like just throwing like a reach block at it and then a piece of removal. And then yeah, it would flip into the land. And then it was just getting this thing flipped back over was just absolute clown shoes. It was no issue. And then, yeah. boom, all of a sudden, there's four, four flying lifelinkers back. So deal with that, I guess. And it was just, Whoa. I mean, there was once where this card alone, like, straight up four for one, one of my opponents and gained me, like, 12 life in the course of the game. It's like, yeah. it's I, stupid. I, they're all They're all pretty ridiculous. but It's silly. Um, yeah. And they're not even the best cards in the set, actually. No. Number one is the Dracosaur. And I've played against it once. I, I first picked it once. Pack one picks one. I'm like, hey, Black Lotus, great. Give me that. Best in the set. And then I, of course, could not play red and left it in the sideboard. And my chat was like, force, force red. And I'm like, no, that's not how we do things around here. I love it as much as you do. But that card is another one that just. So there are big swingy bombs, mm -hmm. but at least they're at Mythic. And and for what Fredo said, I think the format is not a Prince format. I agree with that. I think are, these are ridiculous bombs, but they're all Mythic. Great. You should not see these cards often. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Damn! Don't don't you ever pass any of them? I know I hate much just take the black color in this format as much as anybody. I don't think it's very good, but definitely slamming bad god if I ever open that card. Oh yeah. Anyway, some of the mechanics are making splashes <laughs> elsewhere though. Have you guys been jamming standard? Uh, I know I haven't been playing much standard. I've been getting ready for this arena open, but tell me what your experiences are in standard with these cards. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, tons of standard all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I've been playing lots of different brews. Um, obviously we started with dinos, started with ramp, you know, we, we, we all played in flight fight club here. Uh, so you knew where I was going to start and that was with a ramp deck. Heck yeah. Um, I still think that there is a ramp deck in this format outside of just domain. Um, you know, with the amount of red green cards by itself without adding a third color, um, whether it's cards like glimpse the core um, or into, you know, Topiary Stomper is still legal with us, Hulking Raptor, um, being able to ramp into a more of a go-wide slot machine deck with Trumpeting Carnosaur and Atali Primal Conqueror and Tyrannix Rex for more finishers. Those cards are great. Um, and the plus side is we don't have to deal with Counterspells anymore with Cavern of Souls in the format. Um, so I rather enjoy that um, mm -hmm. aspect of it. 
Yeah. It's really been a, a fun time playing more of a ramp strategy. Heck yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, you can also just straight up play like a red green dino's more mid rangey version playing similar cards, right? Um, you can, you know, there's a really good dino aggressive deck that's been doing well on, on Magic Online um, within the last few challenges. That's just straight up. Let me play my uh, Lore Seeker on one, and let me play my 6-6 six, six on turn two, and turn three, play my Raptor in swing, right? Um, those are legit strategies. Um, and then being able to go up to the six drop and, and Itali. So um, I think... Can I, can I ask, how do you beat the Wrath? How do you beat Sunfall? Because that's my one concern with these decks, is, is once they sweep you, and Sunfall's everywhere, what do you, mm-hmm. what do, you do about this? So number one... You have to know how to play around that. Uh, and I, I know that's like kind okay. of a weird answer to give, but most players no, don't play around Wraths, and yep. they need to. Right. Um, number two, if you're playing cards like Tyrannix Rex, that card beats Sunfall. Um, after they've Wrathed your board of two or three creatures, you come at them with this hasty 8-8 attacker, and they can't beat you. Um, or you need to need to you need to know to hold the Tali back or Carnosaur back just to be able to refill the board. Mm-hmm. Um, do they sometimes always have the second Sunfall or third Sunfall or fourth su- Sunfall? Yeah. Um, but you're going to get to a point out of the game where they ran out of they run out of their gas, right? And it's just bound to happen. Um, you can also play um, cards like, if you want to get a little spicy, play uh, Shigeki from um, oh, yeah. Neon Dynasty. That will help you refill your hand uh, with some of those cards um, that might have been wrath from like depopulate or something like this. Mm. Um, I've seen some builds playing just like one or two on the sideboard, just a way to refill. Um, yeah, but yeah, I green would card draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the key is green card draw. I know um, I've tinkered around with a couple of different builds of this as well, and I- I'm genuinely impressed at just how clean the ramp package is. Yep. Like, it is significantly yeah. more consistent than I expected. You know, because when you're, when you're kind of theory crafting, you know, okay, Lore Keeper into Topiary Stomper into Bonehorde Dracosaur, how could I lose? And it's like, okay, yeah, fine. There, there are a million Medical Christmas Land curve outs that yep. we can theorize yeah. about till we're blue in the face. Yeah. But how consistent is that? And the reality is... Yeah, exactly. Like you think it's just—it's so easy to just kind of. What are the chances of this actually working? Um, mm-hmm. But right. when you're running Hulking Raptor and you're running Tyrannex Rex, the, these cards that are capable of delivering a ton of value. Um, yep. Honestly, Hulking Raptor is the one that. Yeah, that's um, the big piece. I am yeah. shocked at how this this card plays ten times better so than I good. expected. Yes. it's excellent. Because yeah. if you can get the Hulking Raptor down on turn three, which is not hard, then all of a sudden on turn four. You know, if you're hitting your land drops consistently, I mean, T-Rex or Gishath is on the menu all of a sudden. Like, holy cow. Like, where did that come yeah. from? To yeah. the point where it puts your opponent in the position where they need to have the Sunfall or they are dead. Period. For me... Unfortunately, a lot of times the... they do have it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, the red-green ramp deck reminds me a lot, and I'm not sure if I said this on the last podcast or not, so forgive me if I did, but it reminds me a lot of the Battle for Zendikar mono-green ramp deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Battle for Zendikar Standard. And I don't know how many people out oh, there yeah. remember that format, um, but it breaker. did mm-hmm. exactly what you were supposed to do. You cast the two-drop ramp spell, the three-drop ramp spell, four 
turn four ramp spell into your payoff Ulamog. To me, the red-green deck seems the same way, except you're winning a turn earlier when you're casting your payoff, whether that's Itali, Rex, or the Carnosaur, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. And I think that the Dracosaur doesn't even belong in that build because you're disrupting a turn from ramping to play this 5-5 five five that, yeah, it's strong, uh. but it's not really good against most builds. Um, mm -hmm. So I would, I would, to me, it brings me back to that, that format. Um, granted, we don't have well, Olamog-type cards, but we do got a Galta, and Galta can get us into two Rexes if you want to go kind, that It can wide. get all kinds of like, silly stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Good enough well, for Pioneer. And, we'll talk right, about yeah. that in a minute. Absolutely. I think the key with that ramp deck right now, it is seeing a lot of uh, success because I think the traditional adage of bolt the bird is something that people don't take seriously. And yeah, I, right. I think there are a lot of people who sit with a cut down in their hand or a ley line binding and they're not willing to play it on the lore keeper. Mm -hmm. And then well, like once the learn. stomper hits, it's too late. Exa you know, exa they, yeah. They learn quickly. They, they learn, learn their yes, lesson. As, they will. as I did, I learned the hard way, you know, mm -hmm. playing over the years and learning. Yeah, and those are memes, but they're memes for a reason. Like, exactly, yes. Things like math is for blockers and there's, there's all yeah. these expressions in magic, but they're there for a reason. It really, there's a lot of truth to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always bolt the bird. Yeah, if they if your opponent has the lore keeper in their deck in standard, they want to do some degenerate nonsense with it. If you have the opportunity to kill this thing, you have to kill this thing. Unless you're going up against yeah. me, because just please let me do my degenerate nonsense. But against yeah. everybody else, be aware, this is a problem. You need to get rid of it. Yeah. Now, you know, with that being said, Esper is still a very strong deck or mm -hmm. variant in the standard. Um, whether you're playing against the Legends version that now is playing Tishana's Tidebender, that card is ridiculously good. Um, I think in paper, at rare right now, that card's worth like 20 bucks. Okay? Whoa. It really? is the 3-2 flash for two and a blue. And it yeah, says stifle, when, it, when mm -hmm. it enters the battlefield, it counters an activated or triggered ability and mm -hmm. turns that permanent vanilla. That's a key right. part. So the other day, oh, I'm yeah. playing this card, and a shield droid triggers. Wants me to lose two life. I flash this card in, I counter the Shieldred ability, and Shieldred then becomes a 4-5 vanilla creature for as long as you have yeah. Tidebinder on the battlefield. That's so good against, like, Rafine, right? Wandering you turn Emperor, that into a 1-4, uh, right? Mm -hmm. You turn Wandering Emperor, yeah, yeah. it turns all Planeswalkers off. They're just a permanent with loyalty mm -hmm. counters on it. That's it. Card You're is right. insane. It's pretty great. And and I think <laughs> I it's mean... the only non-legend creature that the legend deck's playing right now. It's amazing. That's well, interesting. I, I, yeah. I hadn't seen that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, in the case of Shieldred, it even loses Death Touch. Like, when, when yes. we're saying vanilla, it's vanilla. Like, it's that's vanilla. it. It's oh, just yeah. a 4 or 5. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Um, I, I think $20 is because of Commander and, and other formats. It's mostly Commander, right? Because in Commander, you're playing way less spot removal. My one concern with this is it's a ring, but it's super easy to kill. It's even more easy to kill than, you know, like, shoulder. Yeah. Wait, it dies you're telling me the black deck sure. doesn't have cut down? Yeah, I was going to say, like, the black deck's going to cut it down. I don't know. And then suddenly they're going to block with their suddenly death touch shoulder. No, but, but like, if they, like, at the stage of the game where they're getting to play shoulder stuff, ideally they've, and depending on the deck you're playing, if you're Esper Legends, they have to use their removal on your Denik, your Rafine, your, you know, whatever, before you untap with Skrelv or on top of the plaza or whatever. So ideally you're running them out of removal so that when this comes down, it stays because that's all these yeah. weakest aspect of this card. Standard is the kind of format where everybody's jamming eight to 12 removal spells. Commander is, this is amazing. Like, Commander just shutting down something, and, and there's so many powerful things. 
that makes sense 20 bucks yeah i believe it but but standard Ooh, i'm interested so i played esper but i didn't i didn't play the the version you're talking about i didn't play legends i played esper midrange and mm -hmm. i played with four of the black bat the two bat that etbs the mesmeric fiend bat deep don't cavern. know the name yep <laughs> thank you deep cavern bat holy crap that card is amazing in that deck why does it have lifelink you go two mana bat you take their removal spell you go into, into rafine and you start pumping it it was like denik was the best two drop yeah. because of that lifelink so many decks could not race a giant lifelinker just like the green white uh, enchantments deck back in the day would pump up that jukai naturalist and it was oh, just yeah. an eight eight lifelink and you're like i i can't that's I don't it kill the card this Answers thing you don't flies yeah and it flies and it's just like so it's always getting in there four of these two of the schooner the schooner is incredible mm -hmm. uh people are calling it smuggler's copter that's ridiculous insanity that they they clearly didn't play with smuggler's copter but it's close it's good it's very very good i will admit this card is ridiculous in that deck again great two drop crew one this interview one crew swing i know it's 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 super gross this my one one that wedding announcement makes taps to crew this <laughs> yeah. creature and then turns right. my one one into a two mm -hmm. two yeah. yeah that that that, that mic token you pooped out uh, last turn because you had the mirax band lying around anyway all of a sudden it's on a boat just like, yeah. <laughs> like i said rafine rafine's a one four and being mm -hmm. able to crew this and swing and get her connive trigger immediately that is so good as a two into three play in standard <sighs> Uh, I, I was I thought the deck was very impressive and uh, I think it yeah. did well at challenges but again that, I, that was a week ago I don't know if things have changed but um, so many things to try so the ramp deck's interesting and Pam were you playing anything aside from the ramp or what were you um, I saw you Mardu there was some Mardu I've, nonsense I've, you were doing and I'm like I, yeah, I have done a little bit of Mardu nonsense color. and a little sure. bit of uh, Orzhov nonsense um, the one Ooh. that I've been enjoying I don't think it's the real deal at least not yet but I've been thoroughly enjoying it, is an Orzhov sack deck uh, leveraging Bartolome oh. del Presidio. Like, that's one of those where it feels close. I feel like we're almost to something special with that. The free sack outlet, and it's funny, because going into this set, the thing that we were missing were the shambling gas, the, you know, the um, eye twitches, the cheap yeah. fodder. But now we have Market Gnome, and we have, the, there were two or three other, like, oh, yeah. really solid little one-drops in the set. The Freebooter. The Freebooter, exactly. The free booter, that's what I thought you were going to say, yeah. Yeah, well, there's that one, too. The yeah, I didn't even think of. The Market yeah, Gnome's no actually quite free, solid, yeah. 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 And so I have a deck rocking, um, yeah, Bartolome alongside, uh, I, I don't think I have, I don't have Amalia in there, but I have Vran, and then I also, it's a lot of just super cheap stuff, is the name oh, of the yeah. game. It's just a ton of cheap Sweet. little sack fodder, um, undead butlers, uh, and, uh, the, and the new crawling choruses. Score, the new, uh, new deadly dispute, what is it called? We called it Little Score back in A the Bitter day. Triumph, score, yes. Bitter Triumph, is it Bitter Triumph? No, 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 the one that's no. Thank you. That's, what, offer, that's the, the one. Little, no, Bitter Triumph is the, fine, the, but that's the a different treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bitter Triumph's good. It was the the, the Deadly Dispute. The, they they kind of made it again, but yeah, it's, Fnatic Deadly Dispute fantastic in that exact deck. And 100%. now they've got a, you've got another Deadly Dispute, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, Fnatic yeah, Offer can definitely get the job done. And the other thing that's great about this is if you have just an incidental map token or a blood token lying around, you can just sack that. And I think yeah. the thing is, it's funny, I can understand why I got these mixed up, because both art is depicting... Veto in a similar composition in the shot, so that's both anyway. Black two drops. Yeah. yeah, the other thing about Bartolome though, um, that I really just want to call out is this: this guy gets huge throughout the course of a game. Oh yeah, the fact that it's counters, like all of a sudden every map token you have, it just becomes a plus one plus one counter on him. I mean, as mm -hmm. you're just doing the thing that the deck wants to do, this guy is going to become 
you know, an 8-7 before you know it, and all of a sudden your opponent's going to be in some really uncomfortable blocking positions. Shockingly good. Um, yeah, and so I do think there's something to this. I, I don't believe I found the perfect setup yet. This is one of those, if Meat Hook Massacre was still legal, this would absolutely be a thing and everybody would be rocking it. Oh, yeah. But it's not, so here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there, yeah. Is, there is one more deck that I think is up and coming that I just want to touch on, and it's going to be yeah. a good segue into our talk about different formats. Um, okay. You know, Go Calper, uh, very regular viewer on all of our channels, um, had submitted a deck for me to play that was a red-white Discover deck. And when I mean a Discover deck, I'm talking we're featuring Quintorius Canned. Heck yeah. Um, obviously has this this uh, static ability that says when you cast a spell from Exile, deals two to the opponent, and then you gain two, right? Mm -hmm. So this deck, respectively starts on playing things on two drops, right? So playing cards like Autonomous Assembler from uh, Brothers War or playing like Virtue of Loyalty from Wilds of Eldraine. Um, and then you're getting to play cards like Itali's Favor, right? That discovers three, mm -hmm. gives your creature plus one, plus one, and Trample. Gets to play Geological Appraiser, which discovers three when that ETBs. The whole point of this is to put on continuous discovers until you hit Imidane's Recruiter on three. And that's going to pump your team. All of these things that you have discovered into or the board presence that you've built up, it then pumps that team and you get to swing. Now, if you can land your perfect two, three, four, five Quintorius, you usually win because that appraiser is going to discover into Atali's favor. That can discover into another Atali's favor and you hit enough of these cards to where you Imidane's Recruiter and Swing that you win the game. You got these really big trample creatures. And if you need to go higher, you get to play cards like the Trumpeting Carnosaur uh, and Steel Seraph, which will give your creatures evasion and stuff like this. It's pretty nifty. Um, so, so I'm excited to like fine-tune this type of a deck uh, with yeah. that Quintorius at that top end. Um, and I think maybe this deck is probably the best home that Quintorius has Mm -hmm. for standard uh currently Maybe. but so, uh, uh damien you know of some decks that quintorius <laughs> has been causing and running amok in and other formats right yeah i mean so you're talking about you know geological appraisers and other ones so mm -hmm. the two discover cards from this set that um are making waves in pioneer are geological appraiser and quintorius of course so there was a challenge on the weekend and everybody freaked out after because when you go through the list of actual decks in this challenge it's tons of red black it's tons of you know blue red phoenix it's there's blue white control in there all the usual suspects that we've seen for the last two years mono green i, I don't think was very well represented because phoenix is back now because of sleight of hand anyway kind of what you expect and then you get right to the top and in first and second there's a dis two discover decks and they're not even the same deck there's these two pioneer discover decks each one is built around a different key card that has discover us geological appraisers on the screen here will uh yeah yeah we'll, under the, we'll go yeah, with yeah. that um <laughs> uh so the deck basically and this is what i was gonna ask you about the one that go calper submitted so before i get into how the deck works like most of these i don't know most of the people i talked to or at least i thought initially discover is a nerfed version of cat it's a more fair version of Cascade. And I know I said this on the po podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I know mm -hmm. you and you and Hollywood were at first like, but you get to draw the card. And I'm like, yes, but but it 
this doesn't allow for the the busted stuff that you can do with Cascade because there's they limited it. You can't hit a zero mana spell with this. You know, I can't hit like a you know whatever it is. Two, I can't guaranteed hit a you know zero mana mm -hmm. spell. Like Cascade was so good. People were back in standard. People were playing cards that were vanilla creatures that just said Cascade on them. That's how good Cascade was, right? Mm -hmm. Now creatures all do other stuff, and so I thought, you know, this is great. Fixed it. It's better. It's not busted. It's fair. But it's it's amazing what people came up basically because of that limitation and because of the way they've you know kind of made cards more powerful by making a lot of them two for ones like the channel cards like cards mm -hmm. like herd migration uh, a lot of and leyline binding of course one of the biggest defenders these cards all cost more mana than you end up paying for them so the price tag says six or seven and you end up paying one or two and channeling it or whatever it is right so you're not even really casting them but but so you know the way they build this deck the geological appraiser comes down on turn four on turn two you're literally cycling it's playing four uh magma opus it's playing four um the, one of the blue red Strixhaven like seven mana sorceries that cycles yeah. for treasure i've heard the gravity giants use something in that too sometimes yeah or maybe gravity giant sure mm -hmm. two mana you're making and that's what's so crazy the deck goes off on turn three so two mana you're cycling to make a treasure turn three you're playing geological appraiser the appraiser can only hit a certain card and it's going to be eldritch evolution every time because the rest of the deck is all either cards that cost six or seven or uh split ma uh, split cards where when they change the rules regarding split cards now both side or both halves uh are combined when looking at casting cost in your deck when it's right deck it's the combined casting cost as you guys know but for yep. the people listening um this deck basically is constructed in a way just like the crash of rhinos deck just like the the living end deck in modern you're avoiding hitting any other spells so the geological appraiser must hit evolution mission sacks appraiser gives it the plus two you get the carnus or the not is it the carnosaur yeah the carnus the, the red six draw so evolution yep. you know yeah. gets cast for free Fourth appraiser has to hit this. This hits. The only other thing in the deck you can hit is a clone, which, of course, doesn't thing. You'll just clone the appraiser. Keep going until you either don't hit a clone or hit one of these. Mm -hmm. You get the six drop. Then the six drop discovers five, and there's nothing else it can hit. So, you know, it keeps chaining like this until eventually you put all the giant dinosaurs into play and then put a six mana... Um, no, can't remember the name. Giant, a six mana giant, uh, with Fortel from from Kaldheim that oh. gives all your creatures haste, and you just smash them. So on turn three, you just put your whole <laughs> deck into play. Ten creatures, give them all haste, kill you. This deck comes out of nowhere. Sign me it, up. It kind of invalidates. <laughs> yeah, it invalidates like fair decks, like Boss Convoke yep. and these kind of decks. You you can't play a fair game if you're if your opponent's doing this kind of stuff. The other version mm -hmm. of this, playing Contorius, a, a same Discover idea, where all the cards in the deck cost five or more. They're all split cards. They're all, you know, herd, herd migration early, channeling Greater Tanuki mm -hmm. to ramp. They're playing Beanstalk Giant to ramp. All these cards cost six and seven. Getting to Contorius, you minus four, and Contorius can only hit Spark Double and one other clone. Spark Double not getting legendary means you have two, three, four Contoriuses, and they keep hitting stuff, and they're all triggering, and you just drain <laughs> your opponent out. So these two decks come out of nowhere. They they crush the uh, the Pioneer Sunday special challenge, whatever. It was some showcase challenge, something like this, right? And all these people freak out. Like, Twitter blows up. Sure. Everybody's like, oh, my God. They they ruined Pioneer. Rip the, the Explorer ladder on Arena. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought this was fixed Cascade. This is exactly the busted Cascade 
nonsense that people are doing. Like Cascade is one of those mechanics. When you show a deck list, a newer player, a deck list from modern say, look at this deck. Here's Crash of Rhinos or here's Living End. They look at it and go, what? Like, I don't get it. How <laughs> These cards this suck. Work? Why would you play this way? What, yeah. is the, what is the combo here? These zero <laughs> mana cost four cards? Like, yeah. yeah. How do you even cast this? Two Rhinos? Like, why is what? that? This is why modern. Is yeah. We're playing One Ring and Bowmasters. And it's like, well, yeah, the, the, the mechanic's so busted. And this is such a great idea or a great example of, you know, the spikes will always find a way. Mm -hmm. Spike always finds a way. And the spiky players, they see this mechanic. Okay, you, you know, they roll up their sleeves. You think, you think uh, this is a fixed version? All right. They break it. So Pioneer's turned on its head. This weekend, starting tomorrow, we have a bunch of regional championships. There's a big one in Canada here, uh, in Toronto, for... Uh, for our big regional championship. I know there's one in the States coming up soon. I know there's, um, there's at least one more somewhere. But anyway, so this is a big deal right before the Pioneer Regional Championship. So it's caused a lot of um, turmoil, I suppose you could say, uh, because the, these decks happen to be very good against uh, the more fair decks. Mono Green, Boros, mm -hmm. Kung Fu Convoke, stuff like that. However, they all get undone completely by counter magic and a timely spot removal spell like mm -hmm. it, it's it's, it's like crazy Thoughtsies. how easy or yeah so you look at the sideboards of these two decks both of them are playing three and four thought distortion like you can tell blue light <laughs> control is their worst matchup and then they've got a bunch of other stuff that like you know split mana cards that that counter triggered abilities or there's a you know a couple uh split mana black cards for aggro mm -hmm. but it's mostly just anti-control cards and uh it's kind of funny because Blue White Control is uh, a deck in Pioneer, but it hasn't been one of the best decks for a while. It's been tier two for a, quite a while. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if suddenly it makes Blue White Control viable again. If everybody's busting out this bizarre deck, a lot of people I think are shying away from it because it's too new. Mm -hmm. But it's it's taken Pioneer by storm a week before the, the, the RCs. So a lot of people are kind of like, oh my God. Is this a real thing? Should I take a stab with this at the RC? Like, a lot of people are not going to know how to play against it. They're not going to know what you're up to. So the Quintorius deck looks like a five-color uh, Karuga deck. It plays Karuga in the companion slot. They can see that. They think you're a five-color, like, um, you know, Fires deck or something. Mm -hmm. Karuga Fires. And then you just turn three, you know, do whatever, and I win. Or, you know, yeah, some, some ridiculous play combo deck and just win. Anyway, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't know how much you guys play. So this is Bleeding Explorers. So now people are doing the same idea. You're missing some stuff, but Eldritch Evolution exists. Obviously, yep. the Discover cards are legal. Um, some of the split mana cards are not around, so you lose those. But uh, the Contorius deck, of course, gets all of its, you know, it plays mm -hmm. Leyline Binding and Herd Migration and all that stuff. So I don't know if this is re replicable. Like, if you can, if you can re replicate this in, um, in Explorer, but in Pioneer, yeah. it's, some of them it's a real can. thing. My understanding okay, in in Pioneer or in Explorer rather, um, the there are variants leveraging Quintorius as well as the three mana yeah. clones. That's like the big yeah. thing. Like it, so, it's more leaning on those. Uh, but it's a similar concept. Yeah, the, yeah, your glass okay. pool mimics in your mirror images, yeah. and so as a result, you get as many of those three drop clones as you can possibly cram into the deck, yep. and then you just. You hit the Geological Appraiser, you hit all eight of those that you have into the deck. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And if you have Quint down and do the downtick first, then you're getting a ping for every one of those. Or so, you pass the turn and just sit with a bunch of stuff open and really hope they don't have the anger of the gods, which right. is a pretty yeah. lame uh, <laughs> situation to yeah, be Yeah, the play patterns are not good. And not great. Before, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'll get doors. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good deck to play. Um, it's interesting when it 
when it pops off, you just right. win, right? It's not like a pops off and yeah. maybe I win. It's right. no, it's guaranteed, right? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's I don't know, like si sign me up no to play multiple Quintorius. Like I'm game for that. Yeah, yeah. Qu um, Quintorius is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so so this is supposed to be fixed Cascade. Clearly, it's having <laughs> the same issues as Cascade. What yep. are they doing? So a lot of people are like, oh god, like they they you know and and. I know you guys aren't gonna like to hear this, but I blame Commander. I blame Commander, Commander for these cards. I'm sorry. Cascade is one of the most popular mechanics in Commander. People love playing with this dice roll. They mm -hmm. loved it. And I get it, I get it. That's why Itali, people love Itali. They love Breach the sure Multiverse. Do. They love this yep. stuff, right? Dice roll. <laughs> yep. Ooh, yep. I hit the giant thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, Oh, speaking of giant things, sorry, I almost forgot the, uh, the, the 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 geological appraiser combo deck finishes with Galta. That was the big finish there. I forgot they have one I love Galta it. to go into eight. I mean, anyway, let's go. So yeah, these decks are Timmy decks, right? People love the Cascade. They mm -hmm. love it. So they wanted they they made Discover again because they know how popular Cascade was, and they wanted to make more Cascade-like cards. But they knew they couldn't fall into that same trap with you know the the old ones that you can do busted stuff with. So they did this, and here we are. So I feel like <laughs> it's a it's a commander mechanic. They shouldn't have messed with it. They should have just like they know how dangerous it is. And yep. so like the this is an example of them even trying to nerf a mechanic and it being too strong. It's like companion, right? It was they were free at first, and they nerfed it, and then they were still too good, and they had to be banned. And it was like, oh god. And it's an ability that only gets better the more they create cards that that perfectly synergize with it. 100%. So yeah. this is only where we are with Discover for Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Yeah. In the next yeah. set, they could just print more busted cards that care about um, getting cast so. from exile, right? Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, and I've talked about this before, but this is the core. This is the crux of a lot of the issues I think with our the game that we love and and how they're designing it in this day and age and who they're catering to and you know the casual crowd and stuff. You got to get commander and and other sets separate i i feel like when they try and do this kind of stuff i it it to me it's a i get i get the stench of commander all over it like whether it's discover mm -hmm. whether it's the legends or the god cycle or there's so you can tell they're trying to jam a bunch of casual like mechanics and commander stuff into these sets and it's um it's it's having a negative impact on yeah. constructed i think it has a negative impact on limited here we are in going into the play boosters i mean it's kind of even yeah. more yeah so We'll see what happens, but this mechanic is is causing a lot of problems already um, in Pioneer, I guess. Or I don't know. These are bad gameplay loops, and this mm -hmm. is not enjoyable gameplay. And this is going to be. I hope they don't have to. Can you imagine if they ban one of these cards in Pioneer? Like I don't even want to say the uh, B word, but like. Listen, hey. if they do that before they ban Fable the Mirror Breaker in that format, you know <laughs> that we're definitely have gone wrong. <laughs> things, things That's a good point. Like, yeah, Fable is great, but it doesn't. Fable doesn't like keep decks from existing or keep decks from being good like this kind of a combo deck that's consistent mm -hmm. and powerful can keep whole swaths of like decks from really being viable that's yeah right anybody wants that right yeah i don't know we'll see where it ends up it'll yeah. be interesting to see i wonder if i mean yeah i wonder if there are good hosers for this i wonder if there are tools that can help with this but it's funny that you that you draw the comparison to commander because one of the things that i've noticed recently with in commander specifically like if you think the power creep that's trying to cater to commander players appearing in standard sets is bad have you looked at the stuff they're willing to print for commander specifically oh yeah oh, no holy I don't, cow I, I heard I, yeah. yeah 
know. Like, uh, you well, know, just as yeah. a quick example, I'm not going to go over the card in detail here, but like Indominus Rex, this thing, for it is a six mana 5-5 five, five that enters with basically whatever keywords you want and draws a million cards while filling your graveyard. It's it's oh, it's a no. five mana 6-6 six, six with upside for I days. This is one of those where it's uh, yeah. oh pentasa yeah exactly the, these cards if are you, like if you aren't tired of discover in standard you can do it in commander with literally yeah. the face commander of one of the Ixalan decks and you can slot machine until your heart's desire and fun fact people love it that card yeah. and the other face commanders from the um from the commander decks for lost cabins of Ixalan those are on arena. They're not oh, legal really? in they any format hard. other than Historic Brawl, but if you want a Panslaza Historic Brawl deck, get after it. They're out there. One Mythic Wild card, wow. you're off for the races. Go nuts. We're doing it. Yep. <laughs> mm. So Yeah, yeah they've so started doing be... that, which is neat. I, I'm cool with that, but yeah. Yeah, but... Commander is very pushed, and that's okay. 100%. Commander is the most busted format. It has Let's been get big for and a long silly. time, and that, yeah. that's okay. If you want to play really degenerate stuff, that's the place to do it. I mean, even more than Legacy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, totally. They have a smaller band list than Legacy. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but but I, so yeah like commander and people like rule zero and all that stuff existing mm -hmm. i mean people play commander how they want and they can choose to not, not, not allow certain strategies and do all kinds of things but competitive constructed magic we don't have that luxury and mm -hmm. and we're affected by this like every competitive you know it it's rough when legacies unplayable because of initiative cards or poppers unplayable because of you know some mechanic commander we got or or here we go with pioneer and it's like we knew this was playing with fire and you know they decided to nerf it and hey it's great and limited it's great but in those more powerful formats yeah it's kind of wild do, to see do it do you remember damian them printing a card called true name nemesis <laughs> in a yes. commander deck and that became Sorry. legacy legal and you know what's great you go to the store as as a, as a like a new player. Oh, I want to play Commander. Oh, well, these are the five precon decks we have. This one's forty dollars. This one's forty dollars. This one's forty. This one's one hundred and twenty dollars. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Why is that? Is that the best? That must be the best one. You know? <laughs> not really. No, <laughs> because of that. That card's yeah. not even really played in Legacy anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No, you're right. It's hilarious. I mean, that just goes to show you, yeah, power creep and everything else. Mm -hmm. but totally. Anyway, yeah. so we'll we'll see where Pioneer ends up. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's. We'll see what happens this weekend. We might see a Cascade or oop, oop, Discover deck uh, with Contorius or or mm -hmm. a four drop uncommon uh, combo deck crush the regional championship it's possible yeah, so, yeah you know what i got a hot take when it comes to discover uh -oh. you can't fix cascade cascade fix is a broken mechanic <laughs> it will do yeah. broken stuff if yeah. you're if your new mechanic behaves yeah. like cascade somebody's gonna break it and you're not gonna like it's it it's like free mana is the same way like yep. don't go back and fix phyrexian mana please no. don't just, just let it be another slew of Yep. Yeah, busted cards and uh, domain. I mean, domains all over the place, but like leyline binding, anything that costs way less, like these kind of things, they gotta stop playing with fire. We know mm -hmm. the problem with modern right now is there's too many free spells. I, I was listening to a podcast where they're talking about, you know, sometimes people talk about what should they unban in modern. Sure, what should yeah, they yeah. unban? And it's got a very big ban list. Modern, very big right. after all these years. A splinter switch, sure. I mean, there's many, and you could argue back and forth. And it's funny when you actually think about when some of these cards were banned the evoke cycle elementals didn't exist just the fact that endurance that one card exists 
I think a lot of these decks just would dredge. Would, would some of these decks even matter with Urza Saga fetching up a Graft Digger's Cage or a you know one mana hate card or, or you know Karn? They ban Mycosynth Lattice. Karn is the problem. Lattice would <laughs> not be a broken card in in modern, but you know Karn's still here. And now the Tron deck doesn't even play the big Karn; they just play the little one. Endurance is one like because yeah. these cards never existed before. I think there are a lot of uh, you know things they could take off. I think power creep is what I'm talking about here, and uh, you know mm -hmm. true name was the example where you know yeah that yeah. card was sixty. I don't know it was a lot of money. It was in one of some of the best Stoneforge you know legacy decks and stuff, and then um, not a not a peep from it today. It just doesn't even show up. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. So I yeah. wonder, but uh, some Spl of those cards we used to revere. Splinter yeah. Twin, yeah. Would Splinter it Twin is one. I don't yeah. know. I, How could I, it be? At this point, I mean, I, like, mean, I understand that in its day, it was the problem. I I, it, I, I, it's what I played. I accept standard, that. Like, all the way. And trust me, I could not play this deck right now. Are you kidding with Solitude in the format? Yeah, Every it's a four mana aura. They just Solitude. It's free. They got Force of Negation. Don't, so don't talk about the ways. free spells. That's, that's subtlety. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, these, these decks wouldn't even be good right now because free spells are so yeah. busted. The None of these spells are forbidden, and we're not well, allowed to talk about that. Okay, okay, the, you're right. I'm yeah, sorry. and I don't Blasphemy. know. The, I also find the whole Splinter Twin thing hilarious because it's like, do you really think you're just going to, like, pester might beat down as a plan yeah. B right now? Like, come on. Right, yeah, Snapcaster <laughs> bolt them to death. Yeah, exactly. Woo, we got it. Yeah, come on. Bro, we can't yeah. even play Snapcaster Mage in this yeah. format. I, I was praying. It's I was wild. like, when Lord of the Rings came out, I'm like, Flame of Anor, please let Gandalf give me the flame. <laughs> let me have Snapcaster be good again with Flame of Anor. No. It's Flame of Anor sees play in the Rhino's deck, Great. but yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't see play with Snapcaster. Um, anyway, so formats are, are all over the place. And yeah, I, I love, I thought this card, you know, single-handedly Snapcaster turns on yeah. both, you know, both modes or whatever, but um, no, not good Heck enough. Yeah. But not good enough still. Wild. I have a Japanese oh. playset just rotting, rotting in my Oh, heart. no. That's... Anyway. You hate to see it. But they, I, I got good oh. use out of them. I remember when they were the $20 rare and standard, and everybody's like, $20 for a rare? That was unheard of back then. Only Mythics cracked, like, 30 bucks in standard ever. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And uh, Snapcaster was 20-plus, like, the whole time it was legal because it was so good. But the good old... Th those, are, those days are long gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so is there anything else we want to touch on today? Yeah, poor Snappy. Go Snappy. Um, Go maybe Snappy. Um, yeah. I guess I guess I will just mention one more thing because we do it every podcast, but it's definitely getting more and more annoying now. Please, oh. if anybody here from Wizards of the Coast is watching our podcast, please fix the direct challenge bug. Yes. A lot of us can't do the great content that our viewers like in terms of viewer battles, because the game doesn't work. Um, and, you know, I understand that y'all are having this at your top priority, that you want to fix the issue so we can play the game properly. Um, but, you know, on our streams, two-thirds of the battles we try to do with our viewers legit don't work. Um, mm -hmm. So I invite you, come into any of our streams at any given point in time. We will show you in live, real action time how the bug happens and what is the errors that we're getting. So hopefully we can fix this problem. 100%. Um, and we're not just talking for us and the content we make, but there were tons of great community events out there, tournaments that were occurring for people to test their decks to play in, um, right. which led to more people playing the game. So yeah. we understand it's at your top priority to fix this problem, uh, but we got to get on it because now the bug is actually worse than it was last month. 
meaning it's yeah. happening more frequently and it's so random i can literally yeah. battle one person and then not be able to the next time they challenge me mm-hmm. so whatever we got to do to work together to get this situated please let's do it 100 percent. and and we're not like kidding we're not being snarky by the way legitimately if somebody out there from wizard of the coast gets this message for like somehow like, I know Carlo, yes, yeah, Steve Reverto Jr. on Twitch, and myself, Hamhox42, we both do viewer battles very frequently and are encountering this issue all the time. Legitimately, we are not kidding. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us, and we will simulate the issue in real time so you can look at the logs and see what the heck is going on, hopefully. Like, honestly, if it's going to help us get this fixed, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, because this it, it's getting to a point where it's becoming very problematic. And, I mean, it always has been, or it has been over the last month or so. So... And yeah, exactly. It's getting more frequent. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if yeah. anybody will hear it, but I, I hope they get on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, I hope so it's a big issue, and it's. Um, I mean, like we said, Twitch Rivals is coming up a uh, week from this on recording the f- on the fourth, December fourth. Yeah, and, so we'll um, we'll see because it, it it's got to be fixed be by then, or we're gonna have some massive issues on a very big stage. So yeah, we'll see. Yikes. We'll see what happens. <sighs> Regardless. Regardless. Hopefully, all the issues get fixed. Hopefully play design and stop messing with old powerful mechanics and <laughs> i don't know that stuff and yep. commander gets separated into a separate set or something mm-hmm. that comes out for just commander it would be great to just have a draft set only for drafting like no other con- constructed considerations or <laughs> casual considerations it would just be the best draft format ever but i know drafting is not a you know the most popular way to engage with magic so that probably won't ever happen but could you um, imagine though like yeah a draft format where like there are barely any, like, I mean, the rares are all kind of, are, are all super lame, com- like, as far as constructed is concerned, and just, exactly. yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's almost it's like a whole Potter, bunch of 50 Potter cent rares, cube, let's go. Yeah. Or peasant cube, like, yeah. cube is essentially like, like, perfectly designed, limited mm-hmm. environment, and you can design it however you want, you can make it powerful, make it, you know, like what you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see, a lot of, lot of things to take care of, but, um, did we get any, any jank mail? Uh, you know, at this particular moment, we have not had anyone reach out and uh, request specific topics or ask us direct questions. But if you're out there and you're Come listening on, to people. this and you want to engage with us, feel free to hop into our Discord server. The link for that is in the description. You can also tweet at us, uh, tag at MagicJank. And we, uh, if you wouldn't mind using the, the hashtag JankMail, that'll help us find it nice and nice and easily. And we'd be happy to respond to any questions or feedback you have on, on air. Um yeah. Assuming that Ask it's like anything. safe for broadcast, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I will yeah. talk about anything. Yeah, we'd love to hear you. We'd love to hear from you. So yeah, please don't hesitate to jump on out there. All right. Nice. And with that, folks, well, thank you so much for uh, you know for a great conversation. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. Before we go, let's go around the horn and uh, let people know where they can find you out on the internet. So Damien, let's go ahead and start with you. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitch, baby, every day. Damien F16 on Twitch, Damien F16 on YouTube, daily content on YouTube. I stream six days a week, usually uh, playing Magic a lot, playing other games one day a week on Saturdays. So join us for that. And uh, yeah, always good to mostly competitive stuff. But every once in a while, I, I run a clinic and show my viewers why I'm the streamer and they're not. Uh, but these, <laughs> no, you guys were talking about battling viewers. I do it sometimes. I, I do it yeah. sometimes, but. Now the excuse is, oh yeah, no, we can't direct challenge. I don't always enjoy. I, if I play a good deck, people don't they they don't like that. <laughs> I play a lot of control decks, don't like it. <laughs> so anyway, well, and, no and viewer battles, you, but all the other stuff. Yeah, go. even when you're doing yeah. janky stuff, sometimes like I'll bring a a very awkward deck 
and like it just happens to counter exactly what they're doing and it's like oh, i yeah. don't know what to tell you like yeah, yeah. it happens it, it is what it is anyway and carlo how about you my friend where can people uh, find you on the internet <laughs> yeah so my name is carlo or c favretto underscore junior on twitch on instagram on tiktok on twitter and threads if that still exists all the same handle uh you can find those in the links below um i typically stream four nights a week on twitch um i do lots of viewer created content so you know if somebody's got a deck and they want me to play it on the ladder i do that i race to mythic every season playing viewer decks um, or working on decks that viewers have submitted for me to play um and then of course we do do viewer battles occasionally uh and we've been getting into this like mode of doing charity streams every once in a while so i do have a charity stream coming up on december 23rd that is the benefitstackup.org um, that is an organization that benefits uh u.s veterans and armed forces uh who are dealing with a mental health issue and use gaming as that sort of medium to work through those mental health issues so if you're interested awesome. in that uh, make sure you stop by the stream on December 23rd. Hmm. Heck yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm Hamox42 on all the places. And of course, by all the places, I mean MySpace, Friendster, and LinkedIn. So I look forward to seeing you all out there. And uh, yeah, also streaming on Twitch, of course. But that goes without saying. In any event, we'll be back next week, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We definitely appreciate it. We look forward to catching you next week and uh, getting all that lovely jank mail. So yeah, we look forward to hearing what you want to hear us talk about. And we'll be there. So yeah, have a good one, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.